Hi, everybody. I was really ambitious in thinking that I could get two episodes ahead, and that has not happened. So there won't be an episode next week because I will be out of town. So apologies for that. Uh, the next episode will be on March 8th. I'll see you when I get back. Heads up. This episode features some discussion of human sexual behavior. Not in any detail, but parents may want to consider giving it a listen before the kids if that concerns you. Welcome to the Herbarium of the Bazaar, a collection of strange and spooky plants. I'm your host, Meredith Hemphill. I was in college before someone finally told me about the unofficial day after Valentine's Day holiday, the day of the great chocolate sales. Chocolate is so thoroughly associated with love in Western culture that every store with a candy section stocks way up on special Valentine's chocolate for the special day. And then they immediately discount it the day after because romance apparently dies on February 15th. Why is chocolate so inextricably linked with romance? Well, you've probably heard that it's an aphrodisiac. Named for the ancient Greek goddess of love, Aphrodite, aphrodisiacs are substances that are believed to increase sexual desire, attraction, or pleasure. A lot of plant foods and spices have made the list, including chili peppers, pomegranates, strawberries, and, of course, chocolate. But chocolate as we know it today is very different from the way it was first made and consumed. The fact that humans ever figured out how to make it at all is pretty incredible. Chocolate comes from the cacao tree, Theobroma cacao. The genus name Theobroma means food of the gods, which gives you an idea of how important cacao was to ancient people. Theobroma cacao is thought to have originated in the foothills of the Andes Mountains, but it has since spread north through Mexico and east into the Amazon. The trees grow in the rainforest understory, often on the lower slopes of mountains. If you've seen the Magic School Bus episode, you already know that cacao trees are pollinated by midges, tiny biting flies. Midges need a wet, shady environment to reproduce. Cacao trees produce very small, five-petaled white flowers with red streaks. They flower throughout the year. The nectar, plus the anthers with the pollen, are way down in the bottom in a little pouch. Only midges can fit down inside the bottom of the flowers. Unlike most flowering trees, cacao trees produce flowers right on their trunks instead of from the ends of the branches. This is called cauliflory. The fruits of cacao trees are cacao pods. These pods can be green, yellow, reddish-brown, or purplish. They are about 8 inches long, or 20 centimeters, and shaped sort of like a ribbed football or an egg. Inside the pods are a bunch of large, bitter-tasting seeds cocooned in edible white flesh. I tried it in the Dominican Republic. It has a sweet, fruity taste. Animals that eat cacao pods, 
like monkeys and bats, suck the pulp off and spit out the seeds. But, somehow, humans discovered that those bitter seeds can be transformed into something marvelous. We don't have time for a thorough description of the chocolate making process, which is a little sad, because it's very interesting, I think. Maybe someday, a bonus episode to put on a Patreon? Anyway, here's the basics. The cacao beans are removed from the pods and the pulp, dried, fermented, roasted, then shelled. The resulting cacao nibs are then ground up to make cocoa liqueur. The modern manufacture of chocolate and other cocoa products has quite a few more steps after this, but in the ancient world, the process ended with that liquid chocolate. Still, that's a lot of work. How did anyone figure out that you could do all that to those bitter-tasting seeds that monkeys spit out? There's a theory that a person eating the cacao fruit pulp may have spit the seeds into the fire and noticed the rich, chocolatey smell. Perhaps this is what inspired someone to experiment with processing cacao beans? We'll probably never know for sure, because ancient Mesoamericans started making chocolate a very long time ago. The Olmecs of southern Mexico are thought to be the first to have made liquid chocolate possibly as early as 1500 BCE. The Olmecs left no written records, but some of their pottery contains traces of a cacao phytochemical called theobromine. The Maya and Aztec continued the chocolate-making tradition. The Aztec word for the beverage was chocolatl, which is where we get the word chocolate. You'll sometimes hear that these ancient Mesoamericans considered chocolate an aphrodisiac, but there's no evidence of that in their art and writings. It was extremely important to them, however. It was sacred, given as an offering to the gods, but it was also part of everyday life. The Mayans used chocolate in ceremonies, including marriages. The Aztecs even used cacao beans as currency. The chocolate these cultures consumed was a fairly bitter drink made from cocoa liqueur and water, and sometimes maize as a thickener. It was flavored with a variety of local herbs and spices, including chili and vanilla. It was very rarely sweetened with honey. The Mayans also colored it red with anato. When the Spanish invaded Central and South America, they brought cacao back to Europe, claiming that it was an aphrodisiac. How this rumor got started is unclear. A Spanish physician named Francisco Hernandez, who visited the Aztecs in 1570, did record a recipe for a specific chocolate beverage that was said by the Aztecs to be an aphrodisiac. All we really know is that Europeans got excited about chocolate, but they didn't care for the way Mesoamericans flavored it. A new chocolate recipe developed in Europe that removed the chili and maize, added sugar, and often used milk instead of water. Sound more like the hot chocolate you're familiar with? In the 19th century, cocoa powder and later chocolate bars came along. And now chocolate even comes in the form of bouquets of roses. 
But just because we've been thinking of it as an aphrodisiac for some 500 years, give or take, is that actually true? Well, maybe. Cacao contains lots of psychoactive chemicals in small amounts. Theobromine and caffeine are natural stimulants, which give a little energy boost. Phenylethylamine triggers the release of serotonin and oxytocin. Serotonin is a hormone that promotes feelings of well-being and pleasure and may increase sexual arousal. Oxytocin, nicknamed the love hormone, increases feelings of love and connectedness. Studies have also found that chocolate is generally good for your mood, even lowering anxiety, which probably helps. None of these are huge, mind-altering effects, but it's possible that they might kick love into motion, to quote Def Leppard. Keep in mind, of the chocolate on the grocery store shelves, only dark chocolate has enough cacao in it to have any potential benefits. There are very small amounts of cacao in milk chocolate and none in white chocolate. You can actually buy cacao nibs, too, either plain or lightly sweetened. They're pretty bitter, but I like them. The nibs have even more of the healthy and potentially aphrodisiac phytochemicals in them because they are less processed. Maybe it's something new to try for date night. Herbarium of the Bazaar is written, hosted, and edited by Meredith Hemphill. Our outro music, Spooky Evening, is by James Mylord. Find him on Pixabay. If you have questions, corrections, or topic suggestions, email us at herbariumbazaar at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Herbarium Bazaar. You can find Herbarium of the Bazaar on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, or wherever quality podcasts are aired. Please rate and review. It really does help us out. Don't forget to hug a treat today. Thanks for listening.